threat of disaster is never pleasant. Welcome to the Casual Preppers Podcast. These safety measures are essential. The only place for prepping, survival, and entertainment. This will be your source of survival instructions and information. Every member of the family must be coached in the business of survival. Here are your hosts, Cam and Kobe. Well, actually, today it is just Kobe um, because it's a very special episode. I'm just going to introduce this little discussion that we had with Curran1776 a little while back. Uh, We talked about the EMP threat, basically all things EMP, electromagnetic pulse, what to do, uh, how to prep, what it is, all that kind of stuff. Um, So we're really excited to show you this. But before we get to that, I got to tell you, food, water, supplies, power, and protection, all areas of significant technical preparation. Self-reliant medical care is no exception. The Prepper's Medical Handbook by noted wilderness medicine expert and survivalist William W. Forgey, MD, provides the basis of prevention, identification, long-term management of survivable medical conditions, and tells you when to return to the grid and what to do if you cannot. The organized structure of this book allows you to quickly look Locate what you're looking for while the information and techniques can be easily understood and performed with minimal medical training. To purchase or learn more, visit PreppersMedicalHandbook.com or go to Amazon.com and get your own. All right, guys, here is our discussion with Curran uh, about EMPs. Enjoy. What's up, guys? What is going on, Curran? Oh, man, another day in paradise. Keep my eye on the sky, you know Seriously. what I mean? Seriously. Yeah, you, you, that, these days you got to keep your eye on the sky, and uh, yeah, that, that's probably the best course of action mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> yeah, really, really. So there's a lot of buzz about EMPs, right? Mm-hmm. So let's let's uh, let's dig into it a little bit since we're uh, we're all preppers here, and and we we try to stay prepared for things. And EMP is kind of a freaky thing, right? There's a lot of misnomers about it. There's a lot of speculation about it. Um, and honestly, we don't really know a whole heck of a lot about it, right? I mean, man-made versus, you know, a solar flare or naturally occurring EMPs. So let's dig into it a little bit. Yeah, man, EMPs, it's so complicated. It's super technical, um, and, and a lot of it goes right over our heads. But I think if we can kind of get the basics of what they are so we're understanding kind of what the threat is and why it's even a threat, I think it's super important. So, um, yeah, do you want to take yeah, that, Cam, yeah, right I, now? I think electromagnetic pulses, uh, they're kind of one of the more exciting things uh, in the prepping community just because it's kind of the unknown and it's a, it's it could potentially be a huge event. So, I mean, what it is yeah. is it's just – you know, there's naturally occurring electromagnetic waves and it can be either, uh, caused by a weapon or it can be caused by the sun, which is kind of crazy, but, um, both of them can be pretty devastating to, uh, a large area. And, you know, lately in the news and (laughs) with whatever's going on up in the skies, you know, I think it's kind of led to a little more, uh, scare about the potential of that being used as a weapon over the United States and, and kind of, uh, you know, different countries have been developing them and looking at them. We've studied them since, you know, for the sixties and, uh, just the, the effect that it can have on our daily lives. It could wipe out the electrical grid and, you know, what it can do to us is, is what probably worries us the most. And so, I mean, it's very technical. I don't know how much detail you want to go in on that. Like that was just kind of a brief, like that's what I'm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it can be very, very, well, not, it can be, it is very technical. Um, but you know, a little bit of research. I mean, of course, as preppers, we've always talked about EMPs and stuff. And I think a lot of it mostly has been in relation to a solar event, mm-hmm. right? Because it seems like a solar event is probably more likely than a nuclear event. However, in recent weeks, yeah, that seems to have flipped. It's starting to raise eyebrows, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the thing is, is uh, why it's somewhat exciting for preppers, not exciting and we want it to happen, but it's like an instant thing mm-hmm. to where it's not like you, you, you know what's coming, you can prepare for it, be it civil unrest is sweeping across the nation, you know what's going on, or, you know, 
be it uh, a financial situation that's not like instant, but an EMP is okay. The buzzer has sounded, the game is on, and everybody's playing whether you want to play or not. Yeah. Right. So that's people that's been practicing playing the game. There's people that's not been practicing playing the game or preparing to play the game. So um, that that's kind of the the cool thing about it, I guess you say, is it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's like somebody, you know, starting, starting the, you know, the kickoff or whatever to a football game, like it's game on. And, um, it's, it's it literally instant. Yeah. That is the scary part about the whole thing is it's kind of completely unexpected. We can't predict when it's going to happen and it just does. And <laughs> Right. Yeah, it's one of those things. It, it, I, it, I'm glad that we're talking about it because a lot of people don't understand what it is or that it's even a threat, right? Up to and including mm-hmm. our own government sometimes. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think it's great yeah. that we're having those discussions as preppers to you know start talking about what does it mean? What could happen? What should we do to prepare ourselves for these situations? Because, man, it could be like a total you know, devastating, uh, catastrophe. It's not like this little yeah. thing, you know, and it's not like, even if a bomb drops on New York city, that's, that's horrible. That's, it's like the worst thing you can think of. Right. But that affects New York city. Um, right. a, a high altitude EMP could in affect the entire country. It could just wipe out the entire grid. And in an instant, we're, we're back 150 years. We're, we're living, you know, yeah. um, like our ancestors did. We don't have electricity. We don't have a, a financial system. We don't have a transportation system. There's so much that yeah. it can affect that. That's why I feel like it's, it's a super important topic, especially to preppers as we're trying to, you know, navigate our preparedness. Like, how do we get prepared for all these other things? And this is like the mother of all preparedness scenarios right. because it takes you all the way back. It takes everything. So it's it takes so everything interesting. back quickly. Yeah. And the thing is, is like I've heard some people say, well, there's nothing I can do about it mm-hmm. happening. There's nothing I can do to predict it happening. So what's the point? Mm-hmm. Well, the point is. Yeah. It's going to be the catalyst that triggers all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. It's going to trigger civil unrest. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, pe- people are going to be hungry. I mean, people get hungry and they don't and they can't eat. Man, it's it's going to get bad quick, mm-hmm. real freaking quick. So what it does is it 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 kickstarts all the all the preps, if you will, or all the thought processes in preparing when it comes to food, when it comes to water, when it comes to shelter, when it comes to protection, um, the whole nine yards. So it's like the ultimate, like, like freaking game on whistle, man. So let's talk about, um, uh, so, so briefly what an EMP is, Right. Okay. I'll give you my understanding of it because there's tons of of different understandings, obviously. But um, it's an event that that happens a a high altitude uh, electromagnetic pulse is going to excite the electrons in the, and I'm talking about in nanosecond, like Mm -hmm. immediately. Right. So basically, it charges the air around you. So anything that can act like an antenna, be it power lines um, that are not buried. uh, you know, your freaking, your, your pocket knife sitting next to your phone. <laughs> I mean, I- anything that can become an antenna gets, everything has electrons in it and nutrient, you know, all, all that stuff in it, right? Getting down to atoms and everything. So all these things get, get excited. Those electrons start moving, which creates current. So that current then, um, different things can handle certain amounts of current. That's why we have, different size uh, gauge wire for different types of, uh, of amp draws that, that we're using, be it in our homes, be it through our electronics or computers and everything, different size wire can handle a certain amount of current. Well, this, this boost in current amongst pretty much anything metal and anything that can be essentially an antenna uh, could damage any electrical equipment tied to it, be it wires, be it, be it uh, circuit breakers, be it diodes in your uh, in in your solar panels, be it whatever, any, any kind of electrical device. Um, so it destroys them, then they don't work. So you know some some of the thought process people have is you know well what's the point? Like why do I need to 
number one, I can't predict it. Mm-hmm. So am I going to walk around with my phone in a Faraday bag all the time? I mean, <laughs> yeah. no, you're, you're probably not. I know right. I'm not. I mean, you can't use your phone if it's sitting in a Faraday bag. So um, I think, but, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of misconceptions. I think that people think that, okay, it happens. Everything gets fried. Nothing's ever going to work again. I don't 100% believe that. I think that um, that there's a lot of different factors. Like, say you were in a parking garage in your vehicle with your cell phone sitting beside you on your center console in your vehicle in a parking garage. Is your cell phone going to be and is your vehicle going to be affected in the same way that one parked out on the streets going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't believe that it will. Now, if the power goes out, your cell phone is not going to work because the daggone cell service isn't going to have power to function. I mean, so clearly you're not going to be able to use cell service, but is it going to fry your phone where you can't turn your phone on and, you know, look at what data you have stored in your phone? I don't 100% believe that's the case. However, um, your cell phone's not going to work. (laughs) I mean, it's just not going to happen because if the cell service isn't working, your cell phone's not going to work. So, it, it it's a it's a freaky thing, right? But I don't think it's all. I mean, do you guys think it's all encompassing? Like, I mean, no, it, I don't. I don't think it everything makes sense that it would be. Yeah, nutrient survival is made with real ingredients made in America to keep Americans healthy, strong, and alert. Perfect for today and ready for anything ahead. From hearty, delicious entrees and nutrient-dense snacks to immunity-boosting drinks and strength-building shakes, each with 40 essential nutrients, available in handy singles, daily-use pantry packs, durable cans, and 3- to 90-day survival kits, keeping your world safe and your body in peak condition. This isn't your cheap, empty, calorie-bland food storage. This stuff actually has nutritional value. Check out their NREs, Nutrition Ready to eat. They are awesome. Head over to NutrientSurvival.com and use our code CASUALPREPPERS. You're going to get an extra 10% off your order. That is NutrientSurvival.com and use our code CASUALPREPPERS. The hard part yeah. is our data is pretty incomplete. You know, a lot of the tests that they've run, I think the last one they, they ran on vehicles was like in 2002 with, you know, older, the newest vehicle was like a 2001 or something. And um, mm-hmm. so that data isn't super complete. Um, I was actually talking with Jonathan Hollerman this week. So he's he's a, a former SEER instructor. This guy is on the Electromagnetic Pulse uh, EMP Commission. Uh, he's written several books. Uh, this dude knows what he's talking about in this. And he's like, in his estimation, he thinks about 30% of vehicles are going to be inoperable. Um, and that, you know, this is from all the data that he can gather from all these different places about another 10% are going to have some electrical issues, but will probably run. Um, and the rest we mm-hmm. just don't know about. Um, so it's, it's, that's right. the, the thing about EMPs. It's such an unknown. Um, it could be all, it yeah. could be nothing. It could be somewhere in between. I mean, it's probably going to be somewhere in between, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, right. it's, there's, there's a lot of misconceptions, a lot of preppers, a lot of people out there on YouTube. It's like, oh, it's going to be complete grid down. The second that thing goes off, like maybe we don't know, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I, I believe, I believe the, 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 the grid speaking as far as the, the electrical power and stuff like that is concerned. Um, definitely will be affected um, in in some way. Is mm-hmm. it super major? I don't know. Would it, would it be up in you know a day or two, possibly? Because I mean, here's the thing: a lot of uh, a lot of stuff has gone digital now. Even in the control age that we're in, when it comes to controlling our electronics, right? You know, mm-hmm. you, you look like you know you look at like old old movies and stuff like that, where the guys are over there freaking turn it on this giant breaker, you know, a lot of that stuff now is not operable anymore. They don't use it. It's all digitally controlled. Yeah. Digital devices are very, very susceptible to an EMP. I mean, to the point where when I was a children mechanic, I worked in a lot of um, areas where some telecommunications areas that were uh, ethernet based, um, like big computer rooms and like, Static electricity is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like you had to go through these certain rooms and you had to touch certain things to, to be sure that you weren't, you know, going to create any static. You had some places you had to put on uh, a certain type of uh, booties over your shoes 
that had like metal mm-hmm. uh, copper uh, wiring in it that would help keep you grounded to the floor while you're walking around in there. Because if you touch a daggone computer rack and there's Zap it. a spark, it take the whole daggone building down. Right? I'd love so, to see Curran in booties, though. <laughs> I'm pretty freaking sweet and booty, that's man. A, that's a dream of mine, current and booties. Uh, Anyways. Current and booties. Especially <laughs> when I had to go to, like, places that had, uh, like, food and stuff like that. I always had to put, like, beard net on. That was really cool. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but um, I guess my point is, is if, if things like that, if computer systems, if, if data centers, if all that kind of stuff that is digitally controlled is susceptible to a freaking static electricity mm-hmm. charge. Holy crap, what's going to happen if we have uh, a high-altitude EMP? Yeah, um, I mean, and let alone that a lot of the components in our power grid, transformers and things like that, they're made in China. Yeah. Like, how crazy is that? Yeah. <laughs> that That's the thing, man. Like, you know, you, you get people get on this, oh, is that made in China, this made in China... You you have no idea how much we have that is made in China. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I'll drop a Ford. Well, guess what? Ninety-eight percent of what's in that dashboard wasn't made here in America. I can yeah. promise you yeah. that. Um so um and, and that goes that goes across everything. I mean, I mean, we're 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 using uh, equipment now to do this that was not made here in right. America. I mean, it just it is what it is. But the, the the thing is 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 everything everything is connected now. Mm-hmm. So that being said, worst case scenario, let's say an EMP happens, the grid goes down, um, and you know it's it's lights out, computers aren't working. Uh, refrigeration is not working. Anything you know to have to do with your dwelling is not working. That that, that has power to it. Um, now, does that mean that everything got fried? No. Does that mean that if you have a generator available, you can run it? Yeah. Is some stuff going to be fried? Maybe. Um, you know, if it's unplugged, it's probably going to be fine. Um, if you know, some things are pretty robust. You know, can handle. I mean, if if something's got 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 a uh, good enough uh grounding and good enough insulation and, and proper wire sizing and things like that everything's not going to fry so you may be able to run certain things but then are you prepared for that do you have a generator do you have fuel to run the generator um uh or it, it, it's a big deal like Everybody worries about, and I started it off talking about the cell phone and stuff like that, because I guess that's the easiest thing to bring up, because I think that's what everybody's got attached to their hip, no pun intended. Um, But what happens when people are hungry? What happens when there's no law and order? What happens when first responders can't communicate? Um, Now we're getting into real nitty-gritty stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of the, people think the EMP isn't the, no. isn't the subject anymore, right? <laughs> no, exactly. yeah, it's like the, the EMP doesn't hurt you. It's everything that it right. does, right? I mean, to just think about yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, well, FEMA, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna get together. They're gonna, they're gonna start to make thing the wheels turn in the nation. But how effective is FEMA gonna be when they can't communicate with each other? With when they can't communicate with any other uh, government Dude. entities? How effective can they be when they can? Exactly. Look at Hurricane. Look at Hurricane Katrina. How long did it? How long was Hurricane Katrina? The victims and the damage done by Hurricane Katrina. How long did that take mm-hmm. to get back to some normalcy? Mm-hmm. Months. Right. That's localized. There. Mm-hmm. We're talking about national. We're talking about. Or region, you know, yeah. regional level to national level, possibly national. Yeah. It, yeah. So it, here's the thing that, that, that's, and I've had people say that to me. Well, you know, our government's going to handle it. You know, we got FEMA, we got Red Cross, we got this, we got that. Okay, on a local level, okay, mm-hmm. I hear you. Mm-hmm. On a full blown regional to national level, come on, man, like. No, they, there's no, no way. Time. There's no way. There's nothing. Again, no I way. talked with with Jonathan Hollerman this week about that very thing. I'm like, well, you know, 
what are the emergency response plans that that our federal government has in case of an EMP attack or even a solar flare, right? Kind of the same thing. But he's like, uh, he's in, he's in these meetings at really high levels with congressmen and, and other high level officials, and he's like, point blank, they have zero plans for of this. Of course, zero. <laughs> Not one yeah. thing is being done um, to make plans for this. He's like. The only thing I'm going to give them is some very, very um, high-level facilities like Cheyenne Mountain, um, Air Force One. Those have been hardened against um, EMPs, but beyond that, it, it's almost nothing. So yeah. if you're going to be um, – if that's your plan, it's like I'm just going to wait for President Biden to come save me. Uh, it's not going to happen. It's just not. <laughs> you know? No. It's, it's not. And, and even in- – like I said, even at peak efficiency, mm-hmm. even at peak uh, peak resources, everything's just as as perfect as can be as far as aid is concerned. On a regional to national level, you're looking at weeks, months, before you even see anybody. Oh yeah, because they're not going to be able to communicate well. They're not going to be able to mobilize well. Here's the other thing. Let, let's say a lot of vehicles do get affected at it during an EMP. Let's say this thing happens at rush hour, mm-hmm. right? And let's say 30% of the cars are functional. Where are you going? Right. Everything's blocked. Mm-hmm. You can't get by because there's freaking 18-wheelers. There's God knows what blocking the freeways and the highways and the back roads. You can't get around, so I don't care if your vehicle's working or not. You're you, going to have to yeah. stop. You mean it's not point. like The Walking Dead where there's a nice path between all the no. cars <laughs> that you can get that all the way out of Georgia and Atlanta? And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. wow, I mean, look at that. That's a nice, clean path all the way through. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's look true. there, man. Just go right by this. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Um, Shoulders are always open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they never, Shoulders are always They open. never get blocked. No. I mean, it's it's a big deal, man. So, um, and, and so, you guys, the mission of Off the Grid Surplus is to inspire greater connection through adventure. They do that by creating extremely functional and everyday wearable products for a great price to take you off the grid. How do they do that? They simplify your clothing options so that you only need one piece of clothing instead of three or four. They combine the best features from outdoor, workwear, and tactical into one everyday wearable package. Check out their new Happy Trails collection before it sells out. Check out their site, offthegridsurplus.com, and get an extra 15% off with our code CASUALPREPPERS15. That is offthegridsurplus.com. Use our code CASUALPREPPERS15 for that extra 15% off. Speaking of preparations for this, right? Obviously, like I said earlier, we can't predict when it's going to happen. We can't we can't stop it from happening. When it happens, it happens. Um, how how do we prepare for that? How how do we um, imp, you know what what can we do now to make those uh, those potentially over a year? before anything starts to go back in the right direction. Potentially even longer Um, than that. Yeah. Potentially even longer. Yeah. I just, I mean, millions, here's the thing. If that were to happen on a, on a, on a pretty large scale where a majority of the United States or any continent is affected, um, millions of people are going to die of starvation, uh, civil unrest, um, uh, disease, tons, tons and tons and tons of issues. I mean, yeah. millions of people are going to die because of that. Um, yeah, I think like, like you said earlier, people are just kind of like, well, what does it matter? You know, why do I even protect myself from it? Because, you know, like there's nothing I can do. I can't predict it's coming. You can't see, you know, a nuclear weapon being shot over the United States. But just like every other disaster, um, your own personal like preparedness makes a big difference. You don't have to yeah. turn to government aid. You don't have to turn to, you know, going and dealing with the masses of the grocery store when everybody's just in huge panic. Um, because like that EMP, yeah. 
like our everything that we do relies on you know the grocery store order supplies online the trucks transport by orders that are made through a digital system um medical records everything that we you know that i do at work is all digital so it's um you've got to i think the hardest thing for us to like realize and to imagine is to to live without any electronic devices yeah maybe some will survive but you have to just plan on not having any of it so um food and water are not electronic (laughs) and you can get those today and starting with 72 hours and then working it up to two weeks and then work to a month, three months. I mean, if you can get a year supply, that's a lot and that's a lot of work. But even if you're getting yeah. a two week supply, that, that avoids so much of uh, the chaos. You can stay home and you can, um, yeah. and keep your family safe. So I, I mean, that's, that's where most people don't realize that they can make a difference by preparing their home plan with, for one, having an emergency plan for the whole family, and then two, getting food and water for two full weeks is going to put you so much further ahead of everybody else and keeping you safe at home, away from all the chaos, and it kind of it lets you take that time to form, formulate a plan with your family and and under and kind of take things a little slower because right. that's I mean. When people say they can't do anything, that drives me nuts because I'm like, you can. I mean, yeah, yeah, we're going to lose a lot and we're going to lose technology and we're going to lose entertainment and we're going to lose TikTok. That's a big deal. But um, <laughs> but but having the food and water and the peace of mind of staying home and safe, like right. that's that's what matters the most is keeping you and your family safe. Yeah. And you can prepare for that. Anybody can prepare for that. Well, well and the great thing yeah, about that absolutely. is, too, it's not just preparing for an EMP. Like all right. the things he's talking about right now, this prepares you for any other type of disaster that's going to come along. Having two weeks of food right. is fantastic. A power outage from a power, storm. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different things. So yes, it's great for yeah. an EMP, but it's also for every other situation out there that's probably going to happen as well at some point. Yeah, and and that's and that's what you know people like us like to preach is is I, I hope to God we never have to use this stuff. I mm-hmm. hope I exactly. hope that we never you know, never have to lean on our preparations, but the, the, the flip side of that is freaking just death. It's it's freaking death Yep. period. So, um, and and I don't care, you you, you know, him haul about it all you want saying, well, you know, that's what we have, you know, all these other provisions and these people to help us with. Listen, nobody's coming to help. Nope. It's just not going to happen, and you need to think that way. You need to be self-sufficient, self-reliant, and and start prepping now. Mm-hmm. It's going to help you in many other situations, like you said. Um, it's best to prep for the worst-case scenario, in, in my opinion. And you surely do not want to have to go to town mm-hmm. um, if, if you don't live in town. Like for myself, I live rural, and I'd, I'd have to go to town to, to get supplies. You don't want to be there. No. And, no. and yeah. you know, within the first few hours, it's probably not going to be that big a deal, but give it a day or two. Yeah. Um, people really start freaking out about it. And then they really start realizing that they're in a tight spot and they don't have the food or everything they have is in their refrigerator. They don't have any non-perishable items. They don't have any water stored. They don't um, have any way to pay for the working. food. They can't use That's their card. You want to go to the grocery store. They're not going to be able to process anything. Nobody Most uses of cash. us use, yeah, uses credit cards or freaking tap on our phone on something to buy something. Yeah. So, um, so I guess you know it, it's full is is full spectrum here. You need you need to obviously, you know, in my opinion, I think the best would be sheltering in place mm-hmm. at yeah, least for, sure. for a decent amount of time um, in, in the beginning of, of an event like this. But obviously you got your shelter there, you know, your food, your water, you need hygiene stuff. You need to be able to keep clean um, and, 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 and all that. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. I mean, disease is, is going to run rampant when, when people don't have the stuff that they need to uh, stay clean and you know when they go to the bathroom if you don't like what's so what's so hard about investing in a composting toilet mm-hmm. even if you never use it you got it stuffed in the attic or in a closet somewhere in the garage um 
a lot of disease is going to happen from people going to the bathroom and not disposing of it properly. Yeah, totally. Exactly. I mean, um, in like places where we live. if you're in an urban environment. Yeah, yeah. In places where we live right now, what I'm worried about is how do I keep myself and my family warm in this insane cold weather too? So that's yeah, another exactly. thing that you have to mm-hmm. think about, especially when the grid goes down. But you mentioned something earlier, like uh, uh, something that could happen with this like nationwide power outage is civil unrest. Once people start to figure like, oh my gosh, this thing is real. I can't go to Walmart and buy my bread and my eggs. This is this is legit an issue and I didn't think about it, right? So they're going to start to freak out and, and a lot of things happen there. And one of those is civil unrest, which means a lot of different things. And especially if you live in an urban environment, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think especially with this situation, if you're, if you're preparing specifically for an EMP, you have to have a really good bug out plan. And, and like Curran said, like, I agree with you. Like my number one plan is always to, to stay home, bug in. And it's have, easier for us. It's easy, right? We yeah. live outside of yeah. town. But if you live in the middle of New York or Chicago or LA or Houston or whatever it is, you cannot That's stay scary. there in this situation. It's going to be too bad. So you've got to make sure that you've got a bug yeah. out plan ready to go. And that means you have some sort of a bug out vehicle, hopefully. And, and in this situation, that is totally up in the air, right? You don't know what's going to be happening. Yeah. Might have to be a bicycle. Might have to be. You might have to have a longboard yeah. and just you know, skate your way out of town. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. A scooter. Um, but y- you got to have that bug out uh, vehicle. You've got to have bug out bags. You have to have the, the gear that you need to at least sustain you for 72 hours to get you from point a to point b which point b is away from the crowds of people that are going to be causing mm-hmm. all the problems right you got to have a location to go to because just heading You're out of town all of your stuff yeah so. <laughs> you have to have a good plan especially in an emp situation so that's something i like to um really that point I like to hit home in this situation is you can't always just shelter in place especially uh, during these types yeah. of things. Yeah. And another aspect of that, like, like we said, you're, you're bugging out. Maybe your vehicle doesn't work because it's newer or it got fried by the EMP or whatever it is. So you've got to keep yourself in somewhat physical shape. You can't, you know, if you get winded walking up the stairs at the office, I don't know how great you're going to be hiking, you know, 30 miles somewhere else to, to get away from yeah, the crowds. With, with a 50 pound pack on your back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. going to be easy. I promise you. Yeah. It's not easy when you're in shape. So, um, that's something that you need to think about now because you can't start doing pushups as soon as the bomb goes off. It's not going to work. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. You got to be it's in not. shape, ready to hike, ready to go, ready to to do whatever needs to be done at, at any minute. Because it's, it's going to happen like that, like Karen yeah. says, and with with you know no forewarning. Yeah, yeah. it's game on. Like yeah. seriously, the EMP is game on. Mm-hmm. Everybody's playing. Mm-hmm. Everybody's playing. Yep. So, it, going back to the bugging out thing, this is something that that I always think about when when you talk about bugging out, a lot of people say, well, okay, well, I'm, I've got this and I got that and I'm going to head out of town and go out into the country. Mm. And a lot of them don't have a location figured out. And here's the problem with that. I'll go ahead and tell you this. If you come bugging out into my area mm. and you start snooping around on my property, trying to find a place to shelter, I'm going to mm-hmm. come asking questions real, real quick. Cause um, and not the most friendliest manner. <laughs> well, I mean, you're, I don't a, know you're, you're a little you're, on edge, probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be on edge. I'm going to be wanting to protect me and mine, right? So, if and so is everybody else. That's exactly. Out in so, the you kind country, of have to, right? So, you're very cautious. You're going to be coming in on people's property and camping out on it. That you be prepared to be confronted because they want to make sure that you're not going to be weaseling in there to try to take what they have. Yeah. Um, so don't just say, well, I'm just going to go out in the country and go out into the woods and, and camp out. You're, you're more than likely going to be on somebody's property yeah. or you are at least where I live on, you know, the East coast, we don't have huge national forests, mm-hmm. like, you know, out in the uh, Rocky mountains, where there's hundreds of thousands of acres, yeah. millions of acres of nothing. Right. That's a big plus That's for us. Maybe here. a little different. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we have we but, have yeah public land right yeah. right near us. But even it, even so, if you don't know the the area, if you don't have a plan to stay in that area for an extended period of time, it's it's not going to be fun, you know. Yeah. So 
basically what I'm getting at on that is, is have a plan on where to go, try to search out places to go and go ahead and ask permission, get to know certain people and say, Hey, if something were to happen, exactly <laughs> out in those woods over there and, and you'll never hear from me, you know, or whatever, like, cause I promise you, you, you get this massive amount of people going out and just stepping off the road and walking in the woods or on somebody's property. And that person's going to protect that property. I yeah. promise you, yeah. <laughs> especially yeah. in that kind of situation. Yeah, man. It's, yeah. it's, that's what the EMP is so scary because there's, it's, there's so many aspects of our life that it affects and yeah, like, like a nuclear meltdown. Let's just add it to the list of this EMP issue, yeah. you know? Guys, today's podcast is brought to you by TACPAC, the only monthly tactical subscription box with useful professional-grade stuff inside. Use our code CASUALPREPPERS and get a free $70 machine-made part from Next Level Armament. That is incredible. Go to their website, tacpack.com and use our code CASUALPREPPERS. Yeah, because here's the thing. Right. So I've worked at nuclear plants for as a children mechanic. They use chilled water systems to cool the uh, the rods. You know, the, the the rods are in in water mm-hmm. and and it, it keeps keeps it cool. So like everybody that sees like the towers outside of, you know, the big towers outside of a nuclear plant, it's got steam coming out. Some people think of smoke. It's not smoke. It's steam um, coming out. That is the water being cooled back down condenser water to go back to the chillers to keep those rods cool so no electricity no pumps right no chiller running okay okay let me back up so nuclear power plants do have redundancy nuclear power plants do have diesel generators they have backup chillers they have they have tons of redundancy like four or five fail safes right yeah i mean they've got fail safe on top of fail safe on right. top of fail safe however um, nothing's guaranteed, right? Yeah. And um, if those th- those things don't get cooled, you got a big problem. Um, so it's a lot of people just think it's going to be the breakers, it's going to be the substations, it's going to be all that. No, it's it's all the way down to the source. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. If that so, goes bad, <clears throat> say you have a meltdown, or say um, it's it's a uh, not as major as a meltdown, but a, a, something that may take six, seven, eight months in normal society to fix, right? Compound that on top of the situation you're having now. Right. Um, you're not going to have power for years. Oh, yeah. No. Freaking years. There, there's some <laughs> estimates that say up to 10 years to That's get everything insane. back online, depending on how bad the EMP is. But I mean, that, yeah. that nuclear situation just come, I mean, obviously, I hope if you live near a nuclear plant, you have a bug out plan you have to in have place, let alone if we're in an EMP situation. But it's just one more thing. Yeah. If an EMP happens, you got to leave. You don't want to be just, you know, sheltering in place in your basement as the radiation, you know, waves yeah. over your house. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, straight up Chernobyl, man. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Um, and we have a lot of nuclear power plants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, hey, there's one um, about 35, well, probably about 45 minutes from me of a freaking huge one. Mm-hmm. That's um, crazy. So, and there's, uh, and there's, it's, <laughs> it's scary, man. Yeah. It's, it's scary because... You know, that just compounds to, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on, right? So There's so um, many different and, little and things. And the funny thing is, a lot of nuclear power plants, a lot of them are in fairly rural areas, obviously. Yeah. Um, most of them are by rivers because some of them use the river water to help with the cooling systems. Um, so if a massive situation happens, now you now you're getting tainted water supply into your river yeah exactly um the higher it's crazy to think know, of all the different effects it's it's all of it dude it's all of it yeah that, that's the thing and emp is the catalyst to create every survival scenario mm-hmm. it really you is can come up with that's, that's every single one of them. exactly right and, and it, it's every, funny every one of them because <laughs> a lot of people are like look you know cooler heads are going to prevail world war three is not going to happen um, like maybe that's the case, right? But again, 
We cannot control what the sun does. We can't control a coronal no. mass ejection that happens. I mean, this did happen. Like the the biggest coronal mass ejection in recorded history was like in 1859. It was called the Carrington mm-hmm. event. If you haven't read about this, it is insane, and you should go read about it because what it did yeah. was it was bonkers. It lit the sky, up, yeah. Dude. Like the entire sky had like aurora, aurora lights. All, yeah, yeah, all over everywhere. It, Florida, it, it Florida. Caused, <laughs> it caused sparks at uh, telegraph stations. Um, it, mm-hmm. it caused fires. It, it, it's one of those things, and it just took out everything. They say if an event like the Carrington event happened today, again, it would be total devastation of our power grid. And again, uh, that 90% of people within a year would probably be dead. That's what the research says yeah. anyways. So again, you cannot yeah. control the sun. Um, it's going to happen at some point. The, I think the statistics are every decade, there's a 12 to 24% chance of a, um, a solar flare large enough to, to cause some sort of, you know, electrical interference here, uh, like an EMP. Yeah. And we are about a hundred years past due right now. So yeah, we're past due for yeah, a lot of things. Well, God, we'll get us started <laughs> on that topic. But yeah, so the the whole solar side of it, what's interesting about the solar, you know, a, a solar mass ejection would be that could potentially be dang near completely global as yeah. well. Right, right. So you're not only talking about, say, a, you know, a country or a continent that gets affected and that area may only be affected 80 mm-hmm. percent um we're talking about global at this point right so um you know the population is going to go down exceptionally fast yeah. if something like that happens yeah um and you know that that's the thing man it's like you don't know so you got to prepare uh for for the unknown as best as best that you can and and don't be a lone wolf about it um yeah. you need to create a community of exactly. people and it could be 5 10 15 20 heck it could be hundreds for that matter mm-hmm. if you have that kind of connection um you, you you're not going to survive this alone it's it's just not going to happen no no um, there's, no there's very few people that could go off into you know, the middle of nowhere and never be seen again and live till they're 80. Um, there's people that can do that, but it's very, very, very few of them. Yeah. Um, and I'm one of mine, but I wouldn't be able to do that. No, you know? I couldn't either. An EMP does not affect our health in any way. It's all the indirect effect. Mm-hmm. Sure. You now, some people, I, Unless you got I a don't, pacemaker, maybe. It, yeah. And yeah. I, that, that is a good question, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. Another aspect I don't think we didn't, uh, hit on too much is like what if this EMP happens and you're you know 50 miles away from home your vehicle's not working you need to get back yeah. to your family you need to get back to your home base that's why I feel like a get home bag yeah. is so important especially in these EMP scenarios basically it's a bag that has all the gear that you're going to need to get from point A to point B and point B is going to be your home your home base where all your preps are where all your yeah. your family is and, and everything so so many people commute to yeah. work yeah, so you're you're, you're yeah. going to be away from home. There's a, I mean, high, the high chance you're going to be far from or a good, you know, several miles away from home when mm-hmm. something like this happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, literally, let's face it. I, I know my walking average is about a mile and seventeen, eighteen minutes, just mm-hmm. leisurely walking. Um, yeah, it's going to take you some time to get home. Yeah. Um, so de- definitely having. Um, having, having a get home bag, um, is definitely something everybody needs to have in their vehicle and they, you need to keep it seasonal. Yep. So if it's, if it's during the winter time, you need to have provisions in there to help you keep warm or help you, you know, build a fire or something like that. If it's, it ends up being an overnight event and you have to, you know, shelter up somewhere and, and have a fire to keep warm or boil water or do what it is. So be sure to keep it seasonal in your get home bags. Um, and then the flip side down here in Southern Georgia, where I'm at, it's 105 degrees in the middle of the summertime. You know, you're not going to be wanting to walk around with long pants and a jacket and all that stuff because you didn't change the contents of your get home bags. So, exactly. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's there, there's tons of scenarios. Basically, with this whole EMP thing, any scenario you can come up with mm-hmm. is, is is a possibility. Yeah. Um, and um, wow, man, and 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 this isn't doom and gloom. It, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. In our lifetime, yeah. um, and I hope it does not. However, um, you need to think about these things, man. Mm-hmm. Everything's not freaking. Just you know, you you just living life, is, man. You got to step just, back and look at what, like, in your life, how much do you rely on electricity? It's like everything. You it's do, everything. Yeah, like yeah. every single thing you do. Yeah, and then we talked about like, what if this is a one to five to ten year event for some reason with with no electricity? Long term plan. What do you do? How do you feed yourself? Do you have a plan, like a long term food procurement plan? Do you understand how to garden, yeah. how to hunt, yeah, how skills, to fish? This is the other thing. Uh, farm, fish. ranch. Yeah, there's so many other aspects yeah. to this. And here's the other thing: you're not going to have refrigeration. No. Yeah. Right. So you need you need to know how to preserve meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so so like it doesn't saying, make you sick and, and you end up dying, right? Canning. So canning is an excellent way. It's something that I'm working on um, bolstering up myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but our ancestors, you know, didn't have refrigeration, right? Um, they 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 canned mm-hmm. their food. You know, you can can meat. You can, you can can all sorts of things. Um, and it's pretty much ready to eat, right? You, yeah. you just basically need to warm it up if you want to eat it, you know, when it's not cold. Um, there's specific things you need to do to do it properly and to keep it safe because botulism is a possibility mm-hmm. uh, if, you, if you don't do it right. And there's certain acids and certain things, like some things you just shouldn't can. Uh, and you need to know those things. There's tons of books out there. For, for you to be able to do that. Obviously, right now, while we do have electricity, there's tons of information on the internet on how to how to can. Um, but that is something that I think is very uh, is very wise to get into if you're not already into it. If you've got a spare bedroom, if you can clean out a closet in your home or anything like that where you can store this stuff, start canning and start putting away foods so that, uh, it, it, but learn how to do it properly. At least buy a it, book on how to do it. <laughs> Yeah, and and I don't. It's really not expensive to get into. Um, uh, from from the research I've been doing on it, there's there's a couple different. You know, you can do water bath canning. You you could do canning with like a pressure like a pressure cooker yeah. type canner. Um, there's many ways to do it. Our ancestors did it, and they did it with not a whole lot of technology. You know, technology, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they they just knew how to do it because those things were passed down for generations. Um, and then at some point somebody dropped the ball and quit teaching people. And now here we are here worrying we are. about freaking EMP. YouTube's exactly. there, you know, so we all go to that. So well, another thing about all that's this, gone. like, it, it, you know, we talk about all these things. This could be so overwhelming to someone who's just getting into preparedness and is like, how do I do all of this? Like, you can't, you can't do it all. You can't do it all right now for sure. So just take it like small steps at a time, you know, start on yeah. your three day supply of food, water, meds, you know, and those things. And then just start building out your plan from there. You know what I mean? Don't, yeah. don't get overwhelmed and just say, never mind, It's too much. Just start small. Right. Do something. A little Everybody bit. Everybody needs to do yes, something. Yes. A little bit is better yeah. than nothing because even if this EMP doesn't hit, there's a million other scenarios where this stuff is going to be so crucial for you and your family to stay safe and healthy and away from the the mad hordes of idiots running around. The more yeah. realistic, you know? absolutely. Like, yeah. And a good a good way that I look at it to think about it is is start you know think think about it as a bubble right start mm-hmm. start with your personal bubble. Yep. Your home like preparations for your home and your family, be it their medications, you know, hygiene, water, food, uh, you know, securing your shelter, all that. Start there. And once you kind of get that going pretty good, then expand it out, you know, to, okay, a state level. What if there was a state level thing, like a regional thing, like for me, hurricanes. Okay, now right. now I'm going to start adding hurricane preps into the mix. Mm-hmm. All right. So once you kind of get that going, step it out a little bit more. What if it's a civil unrest event? What if, what if it's a governmental event? What if it's something regional to my, you know, southeast area? Yeah. Start prepping for that, then go national, then go, and and all those things compound on each other. Absolutely. You know? 
I love that. And like another way to look at that when you're starting is do something called a threat assessment, you know, write down those things that are most likely going to happen to you. Like you said, you live on the coast near Georgia. I mean, hurricane is going to happen at some point, right? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So that needs to be near the top of your list on this threat assessment. You know, do you, do you work a long ways away from, from home? Do you have, um, health issues, all these things and write down, make a list and which ones are the most probable, which ones are going to cause the most problems. Start at the top of that list and start mitigating the issues that each one of those are going to cause. And it's a great way to, to to get going in preparedness and to be as effective as possible with your time and your money as you're starting out, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, according to, you know, military experts here in the U S a successful EMP attack, over the East Coast would eventually kill 90% of the population on the East Coast within a year of the attack. Um, and a- again, it could take up to 18 months to restore electricity and um, social order at that point. So this is, it's a serious thing if it happens. Yeah, and, and you got to think about it. So I found this here. It says around 99 nuclear reactors would likely melt down without electricity to cool them. Wow. And about 4.1 million people would have to displace from the areas around those plants. So um, it's a big deal, man. I mean, if, if those reactors can't be cooled, yeah. bad things happen, make the whole situation even worse um, for our health, number one, but also the time to get this stuff back up and running. Right. I mean, yeah. you're basically going to have to, to get I mean, near that, that place is going to be start. abandoned. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. I mean, it's not like, Let's go bulldoze it down and rebuild it. Yeah. No, we got to relocate right. because this area mm-hmm. is no good. Yeah, so <laughs> forever. That's just <laughs> one. That's one more thing. If you live within one of those boundaries with those uh, nuclear reactors, that you have to worry about. In, in you may never be able to go back. Yeah. 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 It's it's crazy, man. So the best thing to do is start preparing now mm-hmm. for for anything and yeah. everything because. In that type of event, anything and everything will happen. Yeah, and it and it, it it's a game that you're going to have to play, and you'll have no choice in the matter. Yeah, at it's, all. It's a Jumanji situation. <laughs> it's a Jumanji situation. <laughs> you're playing yes. until it's over. <laughs>